When you think about Greek life, Christian faith might be the absolute last thing that comes to mind. But we not only believe that it's possible to be Greek and Christian, but also that it's the best way to experience Greek life and grow your faith. We have real, honest conversations about how to approach Greek life from a Christian perspective, including things like recruiting and pledging, drinking and drugs, sex and dating, leadership and philanthropy, and much more. This podcast is by Greeks and for Greeks. Our hosts and guests are all members of fraternities and sororities who collectively have decades worth of experience living out their faith in Greek life. Welcome to the Greek and Christian podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Allison, your host of the Greek and Christian podcast, and I'm also a Pi Phi alum. But before we get into our next episode, I'm excited to tell you about Greek Conference, our flagship national event for fraternity and sorority students. Greek Conference is all about the intersection of being Greek and Christian. At GC, you'll meet hundreds of Greeks just like you from around the country. You'll experience musical worship, hear from nationally known Greek speakers, and get real practical tips on how to grow in your faith as a Greek on campus. Greek Conference is in Indianapolis, February 9th through 11th, and registration is officially open. So go to GreekIVEvents.com to learn more and register, and we hope to see you there with some of your brothers and sisters. All right, so this week's episode of the podcast, um, I'm really excited about our guests. So to remind you all, this season is all about platform, influence, and privilege. So how do we use our power, gifts, skill set, voice of influence to honor God? We'll be talking with alums this season on how they've used their platform for good. Uh, Our guest this week is Ben Kirby, uh, and he is the man behind the viral Instagram account Preachers and Sneakers. So I know you're going to enjoy this episode. And our guest this week is Ben Kirby, Um, but you're probably more familiar with his Instagram handle, Preachers and Sneakers. I actually discovered Preachers and Sneakers when he went viral. I feel kind of a point of pride, like I knew about him before everybody did, (laughs) but I probably need to like check that point of pride a little bit. (laughs) But anyway, I found out about him. I was really intrigued. If you don't know his account, Preachers and Sneakers is this combination of basically Ben's love for sneakers and streetwear, and then this growing trend of like celebrity pastors or Christian influencers. Um, And he actually authored a book as well. um, And you guessed it. The title is Preachers and Sneakers, but the byline is great. The byline, um, or not byline, the, the subheading is authenticity, authenticity in an age of for profit faith and wannabe celebrities. So it's a really good book. I recommend you check it out. It's been challenging my idea of image and what I put out there to the world. Um, But we're here to hear from Ben, not so much from me. And that's great. So I want to invite Ben on uh, to share more. Hey, Ben, welcome to the Greek and Christian podcast. Hey, Allison, thank you for having me and really uh, grateful for the intro. That was uh very gracious and I appreciate spending <laughs> time with the with the book and um yeah it's a it's a weird thing to say that I am a have a Greek background and also have a a weird sneaker related social media platform but here we are and uh yes thrilled to be talking with you tonight I mean it's not the weirdest thing that's for sure there are plenty <laughs> of people out there with very strange um things that have made them go viral that's on right. the internet it's got their niche and for whatever reason this one's mine that's right. Uh, so Ben, as I understand it, you're a Sigma Nu alumnus from the University of Arkansas. Um, right. I'm going to put you on the spot. Like, tell me 
what makes University of Arkansas a great school? Like, why should I think the University of Arkansas is better than like, I don't know, Alabama or <laughs> LSU? Or... Oh, how much time do you have? Not our football team. Uh, but <laughs> you did University... well in basketball, though. You've been doing basketball, well basketball, baseball, track and field. We do all right. Uh, football is um, really painful to experience. Um, <laughs> But yeah, University of Arkansas is great, not only because you're in this very unique part of the country that is mm. um, still kind of, uh, I guess the kids would say slept on uh, mm. because you're not in kind of podunk Arkansas. You're in this very like booming um, semi-metropolitan area with Walmart and Tyson Chicken, like a lot of industry in Northwest Arkansas, mm. so a lot of economic boom happening but also you're in a naturally beautiful part of the country and the campus is um is breathtaking and the people that go there typically are very interesting both like liberal and conservative sure. and also like uh very southern and also very like you'll have people from the pacific northwest so it's it's a very cool place to be it's slept on by a lot um but i met my best friends there i met my wife there mm. and um grateful to have that experience in undergrad. I love it. Oh, and before I brought Ben on, we were just like chit-chatting a little bit before I started the recording and I found out that Ben's wife is a pie pie. So right. just have to say that. And I mean, I love all of our sorty listeners. <laughs> He's doing the hand sign. <laughs> <to> the video. <laughs> if you uh, see some of our clips on TikTok or Instagram, you'll see it. Um, but I just got to say, hey, Ben's wife, what's her name again? Uh, Stacy. Stacy, PPL, my sister. Pipe I love in mine. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, I'd love for you to just get started, Ben. Um, tell us a little bit more about Preachers and Sneakers. I kind of hinted toward it um, mm -hmm. and how it got started. Tell us like the origin story of sure. Preachers and Sneakers. Sure. It's basically a, a network of social media accounts, podcasts, and a book that um, essentially highlight mega church pastors, expensive sneakers and streetwear. And it, it started about four years ago when I was getting my master's at SMU here in Dallas. And I just started, I, I happened upon a few famous pastors and worship leaders wearing these very expensive sneakers, at least in the resale market, there's a whole like secondary market around sneakers and streetwear where um, certain pairs of shoes will resell for hundreds or thousands of dollars. And, and I have to say this, I loved learning about sneaker culture because I don't know any of that, but right. I like to think about his book. I'll say this again. And he, you probably talk about it on your other platforms. Like I am just, I would totally be into sneakers if it hit me at a different time in life. I collected right. Pez dispensers That's right. when I was Same. a kid. Yeah. Yes. So everyone, think of the fandom. Has... Yes. Yeah, it scratches like the collector thing. It scratches the like buy low, sell high thing, like where you can flip it for a profit. I never um, sold Pez's for a profit, though. I have to tell you, <laughs> I sold them all on eBay a couple years ago. No, nothing, it was terrible. It was awful. Negative. Same well, like Beanie Babies. They never make their money right. back. But anyway, sneakers. Yeah. Uh, it's lucrative. <laughs> it is lucrative if you in the certain in certain context. And so right. I just started. um I probably don't have time for the whole story, but basically I started screenshotting pictures of mega church pastors and superimposing the market value of the sneakers that they were wearing on stage from their own Instagram and making a funny caption. And that um, caused it to go very, very viral around uh, March of 2019. 
And I went from zero to hundreds of thousands of followers in a couple months without doing any marketing or anything. And so it was a very like organic, weird experience where mm. I was in class at SMU refreshing my Instagram and certain days I would have 25,000 new followers and everyone kind of came to this, as you can imagine, the, 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 the discussion around like church and leaders and money is very, mm. um, provocative. I didn't even realize it at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's blown up into this whole thing that was way bigger than I thought it would ever be. And, um, I, for the first couple of years, I did it anonymously just because I wasn't equipped for having a platform. I had no idea what was happening. I had a, a wife that worked in a mega church that I, I just, until I knew what was going on, we kind of did it. We, I did it anonymously. Uh, I'm not anonymous anymore. Hence why I'm, I'm on these podcasts, but, um, yeah, it's, it's driven a lot of conversation around how we do church on social media in the West, mm. um, how we revere certain charismatic leaders and how we spend our money and how we present ourselves on social media. Like there's a lot there that came from me just kind of making some foolish posts about preachers wearing sneakers. So that's, that's the extent of it. I, I um, still run the account with a, a couple team members to keep it going, but um in my day job, I, I sell software now. So I, nice. um, I've got a, I've got two kids and lots of diapers to buy. And so I had to make some real money, but, um, yeah, that's, that's the extent of, of what it is. Yeah. Oh, thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, something that you were sharing about, cause this is one of the things that struck me is, you know, I remember when you started to go viral and I remember flipping through the comment section um, and seeing how provoked people were. And you yeah. said that just now you're like, you know, people just get really provoked when you start talking about, you know, what you're wearing, the image you're portraying, then Christianity and money. And, mm -hmm. you know, money is one of those things that we get so provoked about. Um, can you tell me more about that? Like, what was some of the critical feedback like? What did you learn from that? And why do you think we are like so provoked when it comes to issues of like image and money specifically? Yeah, there's a there's a lot there. Um, and it, it's taken me a long time to to work through that. I mean, even just like in therapy, because there is so much. Sure. There and I would get lots of criticism on a hourly basis. Um, the one of the biggest components of it that that gets people so angry or riled up is just the history of how pastoral positions are funded. Hmm. And when you start to talk about donations, people, um, it's very easy to jump from like, wait a second, I tithe. This person is, um, for all intents and purposes, or at least what I think is getting a salary from these tithes. And it seems like they're living a better life than I am. And there's something in a lot of people that is like, that doesn't feel right. Or there's some line in everyone that is not really tangible, but there's a point where people start to feel icky about someone they're donating to living a lifestyle that looks luxurious or hmm. overly comfortable or ostentatious. And that my, I think with or for what, what I've heard from thousands of people is that it there was some form of like catharsis with this where it's like yeah something to point to where people are like no this this is what I've had beef with for mm. years and years or like this is what me and my circle or my community have been talking about how people are kind of building their platforms through a church context and then leveraging that to 
sell a bunch of books or mm. get uh, movie deals or record deals, that kind of thing. And I didn't know all this was happening, but right. very quickly I learned. And so I, I've heard from people on both sides in the middle and everyone has a different opinion and a different mm -hmm. like intent that they assign behind what I do and why I do on, on Instagram. And so I, the biggest thing that makes it really, that makes people angry is the tithing component. Like mm. even if a certain pastor doesn't take a salary from the church, it's really hard for everyone. Like if they have a platform of a million people, not everyone understands that that pastor may not take a salary from their church or whatever. All right. they know is that, uh, pastors typically are compensated based off of tithes that people are donating mm -hmm. sacrificially to quote further the kingdom. And so that's right. makes it weird when you're like, Whoa, dude, you, you, you're driving, you're driving a Mercedes and you sure do seem to go on vacation a lot. And mm -hmm. I'm trying to sacrifice to like be obedient to what God calls us to. And it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like you're taking that seriously or you're not, treating that with the reverence that it feels like you should be treating it. And so that's what gets people fired up often. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I even heard on the flip side of things, you know, there are people who are just like, well, why are you being divisive by calling, calling attention, not even calling out? Cause I remember in a lot of your posts, you weren't even making judgment calls. You were just like, literally posting the co the price of the right. apparel that they're wearing right because um, i didn't even have to like it, it, no. it was incisive enough to yeah. just post the facts about oh yeah what they were wearing and so it I, yeah i quickly was like oh i don't even have to i don't want to really make a judgment on this and people are going to come have the discussion themselves and that's right to be more yeah than, but i think it oh sorry go ahead continue. oh you're saying you seem more productive than me drawing a line in the sand and being like $300 shoes are wrong. Um, right. Exactly. Do that. Exactly. I think it raises some really interesting points of like the image that we put out there because some people look at, I mean, you reference how like there are at least like 10 people who are Justin Bieber's personal pastor, which right. <laughs> that's really funny. Um, but, you know, we all know one or two by name who have claimed to be Justin Bieber's pastor. And, you know, some people who like follow pastors like that, or if you watch um, <clears throat> make a church pastors on social media or watch their sermons on YouTube, you know, you could make the argument like they're reaching a really specific demographic of people and they are reaching an audience that those things are really important to them. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one way that they are you know, as Paul talks about in scripture, like, you know, when I, I will be all things to all people. Um, and so you can make the argument that way of like, oh, well, they're just trying to contextualize the gospel to their audience. And so that's one point. But then, like you said, you know, there are people who found it really cathartic of like, you know, maybe they've experienced some, you know, financial abuse in a church. Um, mm -hmm. Or, you know, we've all seen news headlines of, famous pastors who have had controversy, whether it's financial or there's been many accounts of, and a lot of times these go together, financial indiscretion and maybe some kind of sexual sin. And so it's a really strange place to be because you're right. What is the right price to pay for a pair of shoes? I don't know, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it speaks to, well, what is happening inside your heart? on what you're posting about. Exactly. Um, and are you being wise about the image you're portraying? And yes. The job yes. you're to serious enough to be concerned about how you're 
displaying your image. I mean, there's, there's so much there because mm -hmm. you're right. The scale of social media is hard to even comprehend and they are reaching a lot of people, but then you get start to get into issues like with Carl and to Hillsong. Well, now you have a whole group of people yeah. that are interested in faith or your mm -hmm. church because of what your one guy has said or has made them feel. And the moment that one guy or girl inevitably become like acts like a human and messes up, yeah, now it causes all these these other followers' faith to erode. And so, what is right. the value of reaching people at scale if you cannot actually affect life change and get? The, it just like depends on I right. guess the, the quote gospel that you are preaching. There are no prerequisites to being a preacher on True. social media, and so it's a very like to me, it's a dangerous game to play because we're talking about if you believe in eternity, like you're dealing with people's eternities and are you mm -hmm. prepared and called to shepherd people's eternities? It's like a, it's a pretty tough calling. And it's just shocking to me, like to your point about the financial and, and marital indiscretions, like you have so much history of, of people having all that served up to them on a platter, fame, Mm -hmm. money influence like you have just amazing amount of influence when you're talking about uh, leading people's spiritual lives it's just shocking to me that more very famous pastors aren't scared every day about like the impact of their job and how how even worse the impact would be if they messed up and yeah a lot of, it's disappointing to me that a lot of them seem to really just kind of be taking everything they can get. And to me, that's mm -hmm. just feels, feels a little dangerous to me. Yeah. Hmm. I, that's a really good, I'm just reflecting on that. Cause I think, think I work in a ministry for college students and, you know, Greek university is awesome and I love it. <laughs> you know, I would not say it meets the blueprint of a mega church, but right. there are similar dangers of like, you know, I have opportunities to speak at conferences. I have and I love it. Like, you know, if you listening have been to Greek conference, I probably interacted with you and said hi to you. And, but there is this dangerous thing of, you know, when you're on stage and, you know, you're speaking or you're, you're giving a talk on some topic that you can really love the, um, I think acclaim or attention. It feels good. Um, it right. Exactly. And you get lost in it. Um, and then you start hanging your identity on it. And then right. when someone has some critical or negative feedback for you, you know, or a talk doesn't go well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so even in those small things, or when I see someone who is like really famous in the Christian influencer world, um, and then like you said, they are human and they make yeah. a mistake, but it's in the public eye. I think, oh my gosh, I never want to be famous. Like, Lord, I take it back. I take it back. Right. <laughs> um, and so it, it is really interesting. I think, you know, I want to like um, help our audience understand this because I think, you know, you could be listening to this podcast and you say, well, you know, I'm not a famous influencer, so I'm not part of the problem. And I think that's actually the the discipline for me when I was interacting with your account. Like, yes, I think it gave me this kind of cathartic experience of like, oh, wow, I'm glad someone is calling this out. But I think there's an invitation to, uh, to look at yourself that's and right. call out, well, what is happening in me? Like, I'm not immune to this. Like, I don't have a platform, you know, of millions of people but I do have a platform, you know, my sorority sisters follow me on right. Instagram. Um, my mom, my mom follows me. 
<laughs> I don't have a Finsta. That was not a thing when I was in college. But um, so I'd love to hear a little bit, you know, from you. You talk in your book how what we post on social media actually reveals something about our deeper motivations. And I'd love to talk more about that, about image on social media, how it can influence us, but also others um, and our relationship with God and their relationship with God. Yeah. So what I've found, and I still have social media, I've got, it's hard to keep up with, but I still have Mm -hmm. it. Um, So much of our pursuits in social media are some form of like self-elevation, trying to put our best selves out there, mm-hmm. curate our image, show people the highlights, um, get post post things that will drive engagement, whether it be comments or likes or shares or any of that kind of stuff. Um, and like, I do this, like this is the, my, my thing went viral because I was doing this, not really intentionally at first, I was just trying to get a laugh and then it turned, it got way bigger after that. But and this is something I struggle with all the time because to your point about speaking at conferences, it, that jolt of dopamine or whatever you call it when someone, when you're speaking in a crowd and people are engaging with what you're saying or you feel like you're crushing it, even with one person or someone like um, wants to take a picture with you or comes up and talks about how impactful whatever you just said was to their life or what you wrote, um, all that feels really good. And and I I naturally want to go find more of that it's i don't i get energy from being around people i get energy from attention that kind of thing and so it's something Mm -hmm. i struggle with too um and so social media is just like the just the gateway to all of that even at a micro scale like getting a couple likes on something feels good and then it's kind of like the I've never done cocaine, but like from what I hear, cocaine is like you're always searching for mm. the higher high every single time. And social media is just like, all right, there's another day for more content to try to post and try to like ink your little piece in this entire like social media sphere. And mm-hmm. um, something that I had to do very early on was do an audit of, around like my heart around why I posted what I posted because I was very Mm. quick to show, Hey, here's a celebrity I'm hanging out with, or here's this accolade I got even before like preachers and sneakers. Oh, look, look at this vacation me and my wife are on, or look at this achievement I got at work or when I was in the military. Um, Cause that feels good for people to validate like, Hey, that is awesome. Or like, Whoa, I'm so jealous. Um, But it very quickly can turn into a, a gateway to making other people envy your life. Mm-hmm. And that is causing other people to sin. And um, if you're a Christian, you should care about that. And that's something yeah. that I feel pretty passionate about and have, have really has caused me to decrease the amount I post just because it's it's like when it really comes down to it, if I'm going to post something, most likely it's like, I want you to validate this in me or I want you to think that my life is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I just know the type of person I am. And I know that there's some element of that when I post most often. And so I just do it less. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm rambling a bit now. I, I know it was a multi-part question, but I'll stop. No, I think that was great. Cause I think what really convicted me from reading your book was basically that statement. Like how often am I posting stuff just because I want people to see how good my life is or how I want to feel good about my life. So I'm posting it. And really 
do I want people to be jealous of my life? And if right. I take a, that sounds disgusting when I hear that, or maybe you in the audience are hearing that you're like, no, jealousy is mm -hmm. the worst. I would never want to make someone jealous, but really when you take some, I like how you use the phrase audit of the heart. That's great. Um, when you do that, I think you, you do uncover that a little bit, you know, you're, you're trying to put this persona out into the world, maybe to make yourself feel better about your life or where you feel insecure, but right. all it's doing is causing somebody else to stop, to stumble. And it's causing you to be in kind of this unescapable. I just think of the hamster wheel, you know, right. in a cage where you just get stuck in it. You have to keep portraying this image that you've put out there and it's never ending. Um, yeah. And I don't want to be a, sound like an old curmudgeon, but like I really no. recognize like I'm in a different stage of life. I'm a sure. dad. I've got two young kids where even if I wanted to, I just don't have the capacity and time. Right. And I know that often I get the, the, the feedback from people listening that I, it seems like I'm a hypocrite or something. Mm. And I, I am very sensitive to that and know that social media is, a massive part of many young people's lives. And mm -hmm. I think it's an amoral thing in and of itself. Yeah. Um, just how we handle ourselves on it. And I think there's a way to do it wisely. I mm -hmm. think it probably takes more controls than you probably have in place now, just because there's, there's just so many pitfalls. Yeah. Um, but again, like I'm not poo-pooing social media. I'm just, I want to be the type of person that gets, young people, old people to at least question why they're doing what they're doing yeah, and whether or not it's aligned with what they say they believe. Yep. I think that's good. And I think there's just a really common um, thing going around or practice of like, you know, people taking a break from social media. I mean, there's a joke about it, right? Of like, Hey guys, I'm going to take a break from social media. Like I'm okay. Nothing is wrong. I'll see you in two minutes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, back. and so, you know, I don't mean to make light of that, but it is a popular thing. And I, I think for a reason, because we recognize that when we're in it too much and everybody has issues with figuring out how to use social media in a healthy way, or as Christians, we like to talk about a God honoring way, mm -hmm. but we know that it's just, you can get wrapped up in comparison on there. Yeah. Um, I know that's true for me. There's some people I unfollowed because, you know, I'm, I don't have any business judging what's going on in their hearts, but I know for me, what was happening in my heart when I was watching what they were posting was not good. And I was obsessing. Right. And so I'm just like, you know, I just, I, I need to recognize where I need refinement from God. And so I'm going to unfollow that situation. And I think That's it's wise. a, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was from the Lord and he prompted me and I finally listened. That's, That's what I would good. say is what happened. But um, yeah. And so I think that like Greek students today, it's just, we recognize that we get on social media. There's kind of that dopamine hit of getting a like, or there's always funny memes. That's a fun part mm -hmm. of social media, but then you get wrapped up and like, oh my gosh, you know, so-and-so is doing this thing in the world. Like, why isn't my life like right. that right now? Or, oh my gosh, that person in that chapter is, you know, I can't believe that sorority is, is having that amazing experience. Why isn't my sorority doing that? Right. Or, you know, why is that fraternity getting all of these likes from, right all of these sorority women and our fraternity is and it's like a hundred times more intense now than it was oh yeah when i graduated like when i was i was the president of sigma nu in 2010 and this was like right i mean 
Facebook had started a few years before, and I'm assuming Instagram was just now coming, it's coming on the scene. So I would like, I'm very grateful that it was what it was then. I know not what it is now. Um, I feel you, Ben. We're both we in our thirties here. Yeah, we've all been very like in way more trouble. Um, and uh, and they like there is real upside in like mm -hmm. making an image on social media sure. or having something go viral. I like, I totally can appreciate how everyone in college has the free time to be mm -hmm. creative or yeah. wants to get featured on Barstool or whatever is, right. is uh, popular <laughs> now. Like there are so many incentives to spending time on social media mm -hmm. now, some good, some bad, I guess. And I just want people to at least try to grow in wisdom with that because yeah there are so many pitfalls there can be really mm -hmm. like i have several um friends that i've met through social media like carlos whitaker who has raised like millions and millions of dollars for random strangers only through social media like there's mm. ways to have yes. really positive interactions with people um on instagram it's just a matter of do you even care like do you even care like what you're putting out there how it impacts people around you even if it's one or two people and you don't have a huge platform like you said, there are no, everyone can have a platform for free yeah, now. Totally. And you do influence the people around you mm -hmm. or, I mean, it's, there are ways to become like a true influencer and there's money to be made. And so I, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like, just be wise with it. Have people that can give you wise counsel that may be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it'll go very far. And mm. the disappointing thing is that people in like outsized positions of power in the church world don't have that and the, yeah. to me again like it feels like playing with with fire a bit yes well and you know one thing we get out on here we talk a lot about mentoring having someone who can walk with you through this greek experience and you know i think in greek inner varsity or just in general being a christian in the greek system it's really easy to see like okay i know the things that you know, I need to talk about with a mentor, you know, or to talk up, obviously talk with God about like my relationship with alcohol, party culture, mm -hmm. you know, maybe I should probably talk to a mentor or, and God about my sex life. You know, those are things mm -hmm. that probably are common conversations when you're thinking about faith and Greek life. But I think like, another, what I would call a discipleship issue or an issue that we really need to be seeking, like you said, wise counsel and letting someone speak into our lives about is our image and our presence on social media. And I think that's one that um, we don't think about a lot of yeah. really, how do we bring this under the authority of God so that social media and our image doesn't have authority over us? That's when right. we run into trouble. Because it's not, it's not exempt from your... no like character and your decision-making in life. And mm -hmm. uh, it's very, it's also very, and I think this is why a lot of people don't do it. It's like, it's very easy for someone that is um, an outside perspective or somebody that's willing to give you honest feedback. It's very easy to tell if your platform is self elevating or promoting, or if it's curated in a way that is honest to who you are and not trying to like blow yourself up i guess is yeah it. um so it's it's a little scary to have someone like go through and be like yeah it does seem like you love showing people the highlights of your life and yeah why, why do you want to do that but yeah to me i think that's really time well spent yeah yeah i think so too um 
you know, one thing I've been thinking a lot about, you know, we talk, we're talking about mega church pastors, we're talking about influence and platform, but also, you know, there's this new rising category of Christian influencers. So they're not necessarily pastors. Um, and you said it before that like, you don't to be like a preacher on TikTok on Instagram, like you don't need to be pastoring a church necessarily. And I think, you know, there's a, there's a rise in that. I mean, I think about, you know, I'm not making any judgment call. I like Sadie Robertson, but she's one of those people that I think of as a Christian celebrity or influencer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, ben, you don't know this. I'm a big fan. Uh, love it or hate it. Of Sadie um, Robertson? No, no, I'm moving on. I do like oh, Sadie okay. Robertson. <laughs> okay. But no, this maybe is more embarrassing to some. Um, I'm a big fan of the Bachelor franchise, Bachelor uh-huh. Nation. And I know where you're going um, with this. <laughs> Oh, you probably do. So one of the former contestants, Madison Pruitt, Pruitt. is now like she wrote a book and she's speaking at a lot of Christian conferences. Uh, And so it's very interesting to see this rise of people who have maybe gotten famous because of being on TV, whether it's like they're an actor, an actress or reality TV. And they're popular. They're speaking in a way that, you know, is scratching a niche uh, for their audience. And so... I want to hear your thoughts on this whole movement. I mean, I have a feeling it's going to be very similar to some of the things we've talked about as far as like mega church pastors, but I think especially with COVID and I, I mean, this is true of me too, but you know, churches shut down in-person meetings, college campuses were shut down. So campus ministries, you weren't meeting in person. And so all of us flocked, you know, to our phones, to streaming, to just participate in church. Um, and then TikTok became, I mean, it was cool before COVID, but it then became like really cool. And then all the millennials joining it made it really lame, <laughs> yeah. but I think it's still cool. So uh-huh. anyway, I, w- I just think, you know, it's so easy to watch a two minute TikTok of a Christian celebrity. Um, it's a lot of ways easier to do that or just like watch part of a church service or just the worship of a church service than actually like go to church in person or go to a Bible study in your fraternity or sorority. So like, what do you think of this whole phenomenon of like Christian celebrities? Like what are some positive, but positives, but then what do you think are some things that we should be aware of as, you know, we think about our spiritual formation and, getting spiritual formation from a Christian celebrity? Yeah, that's a very loaded question. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> is, I, I'm with you. It is the the new, like a very quickly became the new wave and even made some of these kind of Bieber pastors less in the, um, less in the limelight or spotlight, I guess, because it is so easy to go viral on the, the short form TikTok mm-hmm. reels, that kind of thing. Um, and like candidly, you know, you wanted me to be honest on this. Like, yes, I do. Please be honest. It's good for us. A lot of people that don't like me think I'm a hater anyway, but a lot (laughs) of the Christian influencers make me roll my eyes. Um, like there are several in the last week that I've watched where these girls will basically have this curated video of quiet time with me and also have like this is the outfit I'm wearing and here's the promo code that you can get while I'm doing mm-hmm. my quiet time, which makes me roll. Like in college, we called that a PQT, a, a player's quiet time where <laughs> you like purposely are sitting in the coffee shop mm. with your Bible open so that the babes can see you 
having a quiet time in hopes that oh my gosh i was i totally fell for that ben i didn't know that was a thing oh yeah Uh, (laughs) players quiet time is what we call it at stumo in arkansas um and so like when i watch stuff like that i just can't take it seriously but it's also not made for me and so like they're making it for a gen z audience the gen z audience eats that stuff up like they Mm. they want to see more of these beautiful women with their outfits and their like to know it codes going on a quiet time and it is so cringe to me but anyways Mm. there are like you can have millions of views on one of those videos overnight and without much effort and so there is it's not going away um Mm -hmm. but it doesn't to me it doesn't take a ton of discernment to to see through like which of the ones are actually preaching something versus which of the ones are preaching a bunch of alliteration that is just there to get you motivated like yeah i i wish more students would ask the question of like is this person just trying to like trigger something in me emotionally or they actually like and this is only for bible believing christians like if you should receive preaching and pastoring from someone who is taking their authority from the bible and Mm -hmm. not the authority from their speaking ability their jawline their stage presence Mm -hmm. their network um it is so easy to get caught up in that and and it's very easy to build a congregation that way Mm -hmm. but it's it's at best leading people in a confusing path um for their faith and at worst it's like leading them to destruction by saying like, hey hear my motivational message this is all church needs to be this is all god wants from you to like work on yourself and to like trust for your breakthrough and all mm. that's like super dangerous and um if you believe that the bible there like eternity is at stake and so it mm. do, to me it doesn't seem like social media preachers or christian influencers that are kind of doing the breathy alliteration riddled two-minute sermons it doesn't seem like that's serving much other than just like building your platform and driving clicks to your affiliate marketing deals mm-hmm. um but i'm open to like counter feedback to that i just think that it's building more and more of this kind of hillsong thing where people get hooked mm-hmm. on the experience they have at that single yeah. church or that brand and then you're just going to have a whole host of people with church hurt again mm-hmm. when that person sleeps with another yeah. woman or embezzles right. money or whatever um so again, mm-hmm. it's just a dangerous game to play, I think, because you're the role of pastor or preacher is such like an important, if not the most important calling on a person's life to just mm-hmm. kind of flippantly decide, all right, I'm going to just start preaching some stuff on social media because people think that I'm a good speaker. Like, dude, the people are going to start looking to you for spiritual guidance. Right. And if you're not like sound with what you're teaching you could really be misleading a lot of people and Mm -hmm. god does not play about that Mm -mm. um, if you believe the bible so um a long-winded answer again to your question but i i get why those people are popular i think there's probably time better spent or i just wish that they would be more honest about their delivery like look i know i'm beautiful and i know that i can speak well and that i can sell products this way Mm -hmm. i I just wish they wouldn't do it in the veil of like hey i'm just doing a quiet time like no you Mm -hmm. have someone following you filming you (laughs) a quiet time and then you're speaking about the promo codes for the merch that you're wearing like dude Mm -hmm. come on 
Um, so yeah, it, people have different opinions about that, but that's my opinion about that. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, when I've talked to students about, you know, what your, what you're letting influence you on social media, you know, in a, a lot of ways, we're not always consciously aware of what's influencing us. But um, I like to talk to students and say, it's not bad that you like some of these people. Like they are charismatic. Um, they are gifted speakers. And a lot of times they are physically beautiful, you know, but I want you to think about like, are you, you know, following a personality and a skill or are you following a person, the person of Jesus? That's and tough. if you, yeah. And I think we can get, so that's when, when that person falls right uh, from grace, because we're human and we do sinful things. How is that going to rock your faith? You know, right. is that going to destroy your faith or are you secure enough in your relationship with Jesus and what you learn from the Bible and being in prayer that if someone does, you know, have a fall from grace in the public eye, that you can still say, I still believe in Jesus. I know what's true and I know what's not. Um, right. And I think that's an important thing to think about. The other thing I was thinking of when you were talking uh, is from The Princess Bride which is one of my favorite movies. And there's a line that Wesley says to Princess Buttercup. He says, and I'm probably like going to paraphrase it, but he says, life is pain, Highness. Anyone who tells you any different is selling something. And I actually <laughs> think that's actually a good rule of thumb when we're watching that's Christian right. celebrities on social media. If they're not actually talking about the real pain that comes with life, because the Bible talks about that, just because we follow Jesus doesn't mean that That's all right. of our problems go away. If those people aren't talking about the real pain that happens in life and that sometimes pain just happens without a good reason, then that's probably not a person that you should be getting the majority of your spiritual formation from. Right. Um, yeah. So if you guys haven't watched The Princess Bride, please go back and watch it. It's one of the greatest films of all time. It is good. Yes, it is. Um, but I think, you know, there's only so long that, you know, people who are just in the market selling feel good things will last, you know, when, when right. rubber meets the road and life gets really hard, those messages are not the ones that's going to, that are going to help you cling to Jesus right. in those hard times. And so. who it's like, it's very easy to zoom out and ask like, what is this person elevating? Are they elevating themselves? Or are they pointing in every opportunity to yeah. the creator of the universe. Like yes. it's one or the other. You cannot do both if you're claiming to be a preacher mm -hmm. or pastor. You, I mean, you can, you can like physically say things, but that is not of Jesus. Like, like he must become greater. We must become less no matter what. And if it is the opposite, you should run, I think. And I'm yeah. not, I don't, I'm not like a gospel coalition, like freaking red pen, try to like edit everybody's sermons. Cause I'm not a, <laughs> theologian or anything but it, to me like as a regular arkansas educated mm -hmm. dude it's it's pretty clear to me when somebody is trying to give us basically a new prosperity gospel message versus a message that is more challenging more mm -hmm. like um daunting but is rooted in at least some references in right the bible that um that are supportable instead mm -hmm. of just like a very well delivered motivational talk. So yes, that's what I'll say. Yes. 
Well, last season on our podcast, it was all about how do I actually connect with God spiritually? Because I think a lot of us, we just don't know how to read the Bible sometimes. We don't know what it looks like to pray. And so we trust other people, which not bad. We are built for community. Uh, mm -hmm. We're built, we can't do this faith thing alone, but we also need to learn, well, how do I read and study scripture so that I can discern who is speaking what's true and who is not, or how do I learn how to pray? So I'm not just like trusting that so-and-so pastor hears from God and well, I can't hear from God because I'm just this normal. <laughs> you can hear from God. Um, so anyway, lastly, as a podcast, if you're hearing this and you're like, okay, well, where do I start then? How do I start kind of growing in these skills of discernment and owning my faith? Um, I recommend you, you check it out because they're really practical kind of shorter episodes on how do you study the Bible? How do you pray? How do you get connected to community? Um, and, you know, if you're out here listening to this and you're like, well, this is all well and good that you're talking about having someone speak wisdom into your life and mentor you, but we don't have Greek university on my campus. I feel like I'm the only Christian in my fraternity or sorority. Mm. We've talked, we talk about this all the time on the Greek and Christian podcast. Our DMs are open. We are not shy about that. <laughs> and so uh, go follow us on at Greek, at Greek IV on Instagram, at Greek University on TikTok. And then if you go to our website, GreekIV.org, you can fill out the contact card on our homepage and we'll get in touch with you because believe it or not, there's probably a Greek University staff who is Greek, just like you in college. They're a Greek alum. They're maybe a few years down the road. They can offer some advice and at least some companionship on this whole weird Greek and Christian journey. And there's probably someone who's actually not that far in proximity from you and we want to hook you up. Um, but Ben, it was so great having you on the podcast. I know we could talk probably for another half hour, um, but we'll hold it here. Um, and yeah, where can people like find out more about your book or yeah, just tell us a little sure. bit more about that. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I'm grateful anytime that I get to talk about some of this stuff. It's not, it's a heavy topic and there's a lot of mm -hmm. nuance to it. Um, I always appreciate someone that's willing to engage in that kind of discourse. Um, Preachersandseekers.com is where all of, all of my my book and podcast and Instagram are linked. Um, but I, I don't really care about like growing followers or subscribers or anything. Like I'm a dad and uh, the book is kind of the, the extent of my thoughts and feelings about this topic. And so um, it's very cheap on Amazon now. It's mm -hmm. gone down to like, at certain points, like $3, I think. Perfect. So um, it's not super expensive and it's a quick read. I'd be thrilled if you read it. Um, you don't have to read it. Um, I, I, it was my first and probably only book to write, but I'm proud of, of the work that we put into it and um, hope it'll at least um, drive you to question some things in your own life and hopefully improve somehow. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the one thing I want for people is hopefully to, and especially Greek students, which is like such a niche thing that I, I don't get to mm -hmm. talk about very, very often, but it's something I'm super passionate about. Um, just hopefully get Greek students to take their faith seriously, even in a Greek environment that yes. has every um, opportunity to go your own way um, and feel very fortunate that uh, the Lord protected me through that time. Mm -hmm even though I'm, I'm not perfect, but um, right. <laughs> I, I 100% sympathize and empathize with the plight of being a Greek student. While it's, it's fun, no matter how you decide to do Greek life, Greek life is fun. And I see a ton of value in it. It is tough to make good decisions. Um, and so if anybody out there wants to chat further with it my dms are also open stop um, it at preachers and, I, and sneakers that's right and if i don't answer originally um keep trying and then uh 
if you let me know that you're kind of going through the Greek life thing, I'm happy to mm. chat it up with you. So. Oh, excellent. Thanks for that offer, Ben. That's awesome. So for hopefully sure. some of our students will take you up on it. Absolutely. Well, this has been a great episode. We're going to be back with another episode. Like I said, there will be some fun surprises of who we're interviewing this season on the podcast. And again, find us on social media at Greek IV or our website, greekiv.org. The Greek and Christian podcast is produced by Greek InterVarsity, a nonprofit college ministry for fraternity and sorority students. Our ultimate vision is to see every fraternity and sorority connected to a community of Greek Christians so that every Greek is just one friend away from knowing and following Jesus. To learn more, find a community on campus, or partner with us, visit greek.intervarsity.org.